I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, firstly, welcome along, World Cup winner, three-time Super Rugby winner and top 14 winner, plus a few others, I think. Gertho Steenkamp, happy to have you on the podcast. How are you getting on? I'm good, brother. Get a touch, my man. Boom. Give me that. Come on. Got to give it. Got to give it there. Yeah, brother. Good, man. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm a bit tired this morning, though, because I just uh, drove 800 kilometers yesterday. Unfortunately, can't share where I was, but uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, big weekend lying ahead. Looking forward, excited. You know, I haven't received my boltong yet for this weekend, but uh, definitely going to the butcher to get ready for our big event. Brilliant, great stuff. As you touched on it there, Lion Series test start tomorrow. How much are you looking forward to? Man, I'm really looking forward to it so that, you know, some of my teammates that I train with online can just shut their mouths at the moment because I'm sick and tired of all the banter. So the harder they give me the banter, the more I smash them in my training session. So <laughs> I think we're all looking forward to that. Excited, man. You know, I'm just grateful that it's actually taking place, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, we can spend a lot of time and say, you know what, it's not the same. We don't have the supporters and all those type of things, which is true. But just imagine this if it didn't take place. We have something to look forward to this weekend. All right. The banter's going back and forth with all the sapphires. Look, we're all over the place. We're not just in South Africa. We're in France. We're in the UK. All right. We are ready to take over and make sure that we are dominating the world. But yeah, all jokes aside, man, it's going to be a massive one. It's going to be a tight one. You know, obviously the Springboks didn't have the preparation, which they were looking for. They had to dap, but they trained, I think, before the South African A team game. You know, they only had like two training sessions and a lot of the coaching happened remotely. And a lot of players are coming back from COVID as well. So it's going to be interesting. But I always tell people, you know, South Africans are resilient. So be careful. You know, lots going on in our country at the moment. You know, some people even had to look up the word looting. What does it mean? You know, things are crazy. So the Springbok players have that in mind as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it, it's going to be awesome. Got the popcorn ready, got the bry ready, and I'm going to be set up for this game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As you say, the preparation's been strange. They've only really played three times. South Africa or the South Africa A side, whatever you want to you, you look at it. Since yeah, it was actually our B final. side. It was actually our B side. Let's just clarify that. It was actually our B side. I thought it was your C side. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, where do you think the preparations are at since that World Cup final where you beat England? Yeah, obviously it wasn't great. You know, the team couldn't play together, but fortunate enough, a lot of those players have been playing in France. They've been playing competitive rugby. They've been in the premiership, you know, so, so, so that's good. We did not have the ideal preparation. 
And uh, I think uh, definitely South Africa, if we look at in terms of prep, are the underdogs for this one. And, and we love it. We love being the underdogs. You now we were the underdogs in the World Cup and look what happened over there. So, you know, South Africans, uh, we are unique species, all right? Uh, sometimes we just manage to pitch up when everything's against us. And that's what we're looking at this week. I, I do believe South Africa is going to bring it. And uh, obviously, I'm backing South Africa for this game, but it's going to be a tough one. And I think the great thing uh, having the South African B team play against the Lions was uh, a good <laughs> a good day out for both teams. You know, all jokes aside, look, that was basically a full-strength side. But I think in terms of prep for the tournament, it was great for both teams to be able to have that quality opposition. We have seen that opposition in the South African teams, the provincial teams, were obviously not up to scratch. But then again, you're playing against a combined team of you know ireland wales england scotland all these teams you know so it, it was great to see that they actually got a decent hit out prep wise i can tell you this rassi rasmus and Jacques ninova they know what they're doing so they've anticipated this and they've put plans into place they've gone with 21 out of the 23 you know involved in that world cup some big boys in there that's the best peter steph the toy to name a few it's going to be very physical, isn't it? Well, th that's that's our strength, physicality. You know, Springboks, whenever we try to go out of that framework of dominating the opposition physically, that's when things go out. You know, even back in the day when I played for South Africa and we won the All Blacks, that's when we dominated physically. And that's our strength. That's who we are. You know, it's like back in the day when I was playing for the Bulls, we had a big pack of forwards, heavy forwards. And that was our strength. And when you speak to other New Zealand teams, and I played with Corey Flynn uh, here to lose, and he said, you used to hate playing against the Bulls because you knew what was coming, but you couldn't stop it. I will be honest with you. I'm quite impressed with some of the South African players to see the level of physicality they're showing, even with lack of preparation. I think, obviously, they ran a bit out of juice at the, in some of the games, but that's to be expected. But just to see the intensity and the physicality they brought to the games, I think we're in for a great test match. Obviously, the Lions, I believe, are the favourites. But watch out for South Africa. And the game plan? Will it be kick well, chase hard, and defend as aggressively as you can? Is, that, <laughs> is it so obvious that's what it's going to be, but they do it so well? It's about execution, you know. And I think they're going to follow a very simple basic game plan, you know. They're going to be relying on the kicking game, relying on the defense, the rush defense, putting the uh, British and Irish Lions under pressure. Let's be honest, um, the back line hasn't really come to the party at the moment we're, we're with the Lions. We haven't seen great things, a lot of instability, poor execution. And, you know, we haven't really seen a team that has taken, to, taken control. You know, we have seen the young, I think it's Marcus Smith that just joined. Yeah. You know, he showed great promise, but he just recently made his debut for England. You know, but the rest of the guys, it's not been much happening, you know. And if you look at the pairing of the centers, you know, they've gone with uh, Elliot Daly and Robbie Henshaw. I think they're just looking for stability and they're going to be relying on the experience of those backline players. But South Africa, their strength is the choking game, you know, being physical, getting that ball up, getting the lines up, relying on their defense and just waiting for the, those mistakes. But if you look at it, you're talking about South Africa playing that choking game. It's similar to New Zealand. <laughs> they, they do exactly the same. They play the choking game, like have the ball, get at it. We're waiting for you to make that one mistake. And the man who'll be the vice captain, Andre Pollard, 50 tests up for him. He's a class act, isn't he? 
Yeah, great player. You know, he had a tough season. He just recently came back from injury. He had a bit of outing at Montpellier. And uh, now, unfortunately, he had COVID as well. So he's coming back from that. And, you know, playing 50 test matches for your country is special. You know, there's not a lot of players that get that. We see a few centurions going out, but he'll be motivated because he knows there's other flyers that are that are looking to take his spot. You see, even though Willemse is currently playing at center, but he's showing great energy. And we've got Mornay Stein that's back in the Springbok setup and performing well for the Bulls. So he knows that he needs to perform to earn his spot because at the end of the day, it's not about whether you won the World Cup or not. It's not your number one. Rassi and Jacques, they're going to choose the best team that suits their strategy for this uh, series. You mentioned there Mornay Stein. How's he still going? 37? He's man, been impressive he, in this series yeah, in 2009. He, Massive kicks to win win the oh test man. series. No, he's, he's in great shape. So he, he does a lot of my training methods, uh, which is called Zoo, which is this high-intensity training. So <laughs> he's told me the other day on my podcast, he said, oh, gee, I'm, thank goodness I'm doing a Zoo, so I'm still feeling good. No, but all jokes aside, um, no, Mornay is great. He's in great shape. He's still looking good. You know, he was a, a gymnast when he was younger. So, you know, he has great mobility, great range of motion. He's taken care of his body. He's looked after his body. So he doesn't resemble a player at the age of 37. He's still going hard, strong. And I really liked him playing in some of the warm-up games, you know, for South Africa, eh? Controlling the game really well. Seeing those glimpses of Mornay Stein of back in the day and just having that play of experience who's used to that level. And obviously, we all remember the 2009 kick, you know, which is just amazing. And he wasn't even supposed to take it. It was supposed to be Franz Stein. And he just like, when John Smith was about to uh, signal the ref that he's going to go for poles, and he was still looking for Franz Stein. And next minute, Borne Stein's there. He's like, give me the ball. <laughs> his debut, like telling the captain, just give it. And Victor just looked at John and said, just give him the ball. <laughs> this is his house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a remarkable story he's obviously not involved tomorrow but I'm sure he'll play his part in the series uh, person I want to touch on is Trevor Nganye the prop like yourself former Blue Bull and Cheetah you must yeah. think he's a great player what can he offer he's obviously very strong in the scrum but he's pretty good around the loose as well yeah, no, he's a, he's a great player. I really rate uh, Trevor Nayakani. You know, I think everybody was expecting Franz Mulhaber and Steven Kitzhoff and Malcolm Marks potentially. But, you know, this is a great front row. You know, it, it all depends on the strategy. I have to tell people this a lot. We as supporters or so-called analysts can look back and say, oh, but this is not the best team. Like, we don't know what the strategy is of uh, Rassi Rasmus and uh, Jacques Nino. So they've got a specific plan in place. And these guys have been performing. Scrum-wise, are they the best? Maybe not. But give these guys a chance. You know, They know if they don't perform at scrum time, there's a bo- there are boys waiting to bring up. And everything happens. You know, That's the great thing about a squad. You need to develop other players as well. And, uh, you know, Ox and Jay, you know, he's been showing great stuff. Great ball carrier. You know, I think so. They're looking to get someone with a great carrier. Look, Stephen Kutzhoff is a great ball carrier as well. But I think it's important also about creating that competition amongst the boys not getting into that comfort zone. And this is what we're going to need. We're going to need guys to step up to the line and, and bring their best. So I do believe Jacques has brought them in, just in terms of the defense, getting the speed of the line, and because of their work rate, and especially both of them like to go for the ball. You know, So I think there's that as well. But scrum time is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be very tough for both teams. What do you make of Razi, the water boy? 
uh, I think he's going to change up his strategy. I think this time he'll be bringing pre-workout onto the field. All right. So he won't be empty handed. So making sure if the guys have, look, I, I've been, I've been not criticized, but people were lashing into, I, I, I put out a tweet and I said, oh, wow, that shows humility. And like guys were saying, that's BS, man. It's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, tell me which director of rugby bond on the side of the field. Yes. Obviously there was strategy behind it. But I think it's brilliant considering everything going on. You don't have people in the stands, all right? Just having his presence there, everything that team and group has gone through before the World Cup, during the World Cup, and you know, everything. So there's that connection. So, so when he has water or not, I don't really care. I, I think it still shows humility to be actually on the field, wearing that bib and going on and speaking to us. So that just shows that everybody's prepared to play their role and do what is necessary to give the team the best possible opportunity to perform. And uh, I think, you know, Gatlin was just doing that to create some banter and get things going and spark, you know, because this is what, this is the Lions series. We don't have supporters. You're not going to be seeing the, the sea of red fans coming into the stadium. And it just makes it interesting, you know, to get things going. Like I mentioned to you, I'm doing these online sessions with, with, with players all over the world and, uh, after the session, the banter starts, you know, box, lions. And like, it's like, listen, guys, if you guys don't stop your nonsense, I'm going to be banning you from the sessions. Or I'm going to make, I'm going to kill you guys in the sessions. So yeah, it's all good fun and games. Man. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Razi seems to have just brought in such a good ethos there. Everyone's obviously buying into it. You know, they won the World Cup, but he seems from the outside to really get a good connection in that squad and everyone's fighting for places and they're improving, improving all the time. Yeah, definitely. You can see with some of the new players he brought in, you know, a guy like Visa that's been performing well for Leicester Tigers. He's not in the mix this weekend, but he's been doing really well. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys have stepped up. You know, it's great to see all the new players. And I think it's been great, especially with the second game, the South African uh, C team that played against the Bulls. No, I'm joking. No, but it's great to see new talent coming. It's great to see guys like Fassi coming on, players we normally wouldn't see. So, you know, they're really starting to think about the future and building on the future. So to get that type of exposure is great. And uh, we have a lot of talent in South Africa. And uh, I think it's important to give guys opportunity. And, you know, I remember when I was still playing, it's easy for people, whether it's on podcasts or telly, to say, oh, but that guy's not good. That's not great. You don't know what's going on inside. You don't know what's happening. And those guys, I can tell you, whoever they are, we might not agree with the selection. 
but they're going to be giving it the best. And it's the same for the Lions team. We can look at the Lions team. There's a lot of guys I don't agree with. I would love to see Amish Watson in there because I just like him. You know, he's a strong player. And the same with Connor Murray. You know, it's ridiculous. He was captain while Edwin Jones and then Iron Man came back after his meeting with Tony Stark and he just made his ridiculous comeback and he's captain again and Connor Murray's gone. How does that work? So, you know, we can debate about all these things. I think um, all these guys have strategies and, you know, the coaches of the British and Irish teams, apparently, you know, they play this, uh, it's like a card game. You have your players and they exchange cards. Okay, I want my flower from Scotland. I want this guy, I want that guy. So it's, it's going to be interesting. What do you make then? I think I can tell that you don't rate this Lions team that highly. Would that be fair to say? And what changes? You obviously mentioned Watson there and Murray. Any other changes you would have made to this first test side that Warren Gatland has picked? No, it's not that I don't rate them. You know, it's uh, you know, I think there are better players that can be selected uh, for for this team. You know, I would like to see Connor Murray instead of Ali Price uh, up there. You know, nothing against the guys, just I enjoy Connor Murray as a player. You know, as experienced, and uh, I would have loved to have seen you know someone like uh, you know George at hooker. You know, so you know Cowan Dickey's been doing. He's been playing well. Don't make a mistake getting a lot of steals in, all those type of things. And, uh, you know, Lucid, it's tough. You know, when Jones, I think, is doing decent as well. Marco Vernipola is not in form at the moment, but I do believe he just has that work ethic. It just brings something great to, to, to the team. But I think at the back, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, it, I think I would have loved to have seen uh, Liam Williams starting because, you know, whenever he played for Wales and he played against Salah, he gave us trouble, massive trouble. So from that point of view, you know, I would have loved to have seen a guy like Liam Williams in, you know, putting down his mark, seeing that uh, Stuart Hawk hasn't been playing that much. And South African selection-wise, you happy with the team that you'll be supporting tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. Look, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the team. I'm just grateful that uh, we fielded the team and con everything considered. You know, there was a massive scare that the series would have been canned. And uh, honestly, just looking at the team, you know, it's basically it's the World Cup backline. So that's great. It's great to see that. That's awesome. It's going to bring back great memories for the team. And uh, really looking forward, like Quacha Smith, I think he's been playing really well. I would have loved to have seen Visa there just because I enjoy him as a player. So, but Quacha deserves every single play on that sheet deserves to be there. And uh, what about, about Chaz and Colby? Is there any words uh, that don't describe how good he is? Well, that's why I'm not even talking about him. We're always talking about Cheslet Dutch. You know, that guy's amazing. You know, he's a humble guy. So you, so much humility. You know, with every, it's like you never stop surprising us. You look at the drop goal he put over against the loose more than 50 meters. He's never attempted a drop since he's been in France. And then he does it in the final. It's just ridiculous. Crazy. And um, yeah, he's a great player. And I, I think it's going to be great. You know, Dylan Dalende, you know, he's been showing glimpses of his old self and that's good, getting good go forward. And it's just going to be great to see him. Like for South Africa, this is massive. You know, with everything that everyone's been going through in the world, it's been crazy. But people don't get this about the Springboks. For us, rugby is more than a sport. The Springbok is more than a national team. It's something that unites our people. And with everything going on in South Africa, you know, what our families are going through. I'm in Europe at the moment, and I'm constantly worried about my family. These guys won't be playing just to beat the British and Irish Lions. These guys will be playing to inspire nation, to forget about all the conflict, and to come together and unite. 
this is what these guys, they're going to be playing to inspire. And that's what people don't get. But when you play in the Springbok jersey, we know the power it has over our people. In South Africa, the Springboks play well. Everybody's in a good mood. People forget about their differences. When the Springboks don't win, <laughs> it's different. So our country really needs a good start. And even if it's not to win, we need a great performance from the boys. Very powerful stuff. If we take it back to 2009, first-hand experience, you come off the bench in a couple of tests. What was it like? Can you give us your experience of how good and what was it like to play against the Lions? It was an amazing experience. You know, it's an honor and a privilege. You know, it's come, the Lions come to South Africa every 12 years to be involved with you, starting in the bench or in the group. It doesn't really matter. Just being part of that. I remember just seeing all the supporters, the Lions supporters. They were everywhere. You know, just it was an amazing atmosphere. You know, the traditions we talk about, the values of rugby, the camaraderie, the so the line supporters were getting along with the Sephers, you know, and it was just amazing. But being part of that was something special. Honestly, when I was a youngster watching the 97 series, obviously we lost that one, but you're like, wow, I would like to be part of that. And being a Springboks, one thing, and obviously winning the World Cup, that's amazing. But playing against the British and Irish Lions, that, that's special. That's special because you don't often get that opportunity. You get players, they go to two to three World Cups. All right. They might not even win it, but they go to two to three World Cups. But playing against the Lions, a lot of some of your best players go through their whole career and they never have that opportunity. I think from those tests, you realized how important the scrum was. Phil Vickery obviously got a hard time and then came back a week later and dominated. Is that going to be the key tomorrow, the scrum and the front three? Well, brother, no scrum, no win. <laughs> right. No, it's going to be key. It's that simple, key thing. It? It's that simple, man. Stop complicating it. It's just going to win a scrum and you win a game. No, no I'm joking. Uh, it, it's going to play a massive role. You know, the scrum, the set piece, very important. It, it gives you energy. You know, if we look now, back in the day, in South Africa and New Zealand, there wasn't massive emphasis on the scrum. It was just a set piece so you can launch. It was about attacking. And the philosophies of the French culture and the English premiership has now basically transferred into the rest of the world. Now everybody's going to dominate the scrum to get the advantage because you put your team, the other team under pressure. It allows you to get the advantage. But hopefully guys will just stay within the rules because if we don't stay within the rules, then basically we're going to start losing the power of the scrum because I know world rugby is having a massive, massive focus on the scrum at the moment. Coach using the scrum to get the advantage and it's actually bringing down the quality of the game. So hopefully, you know, the set piece will be good, but it's going to be massive up front. You know, like I said, I'm going to get my popcorn out, that first scrum, be ready and uh, see what's happened. But so far, it's been fairly even. I think the Lions scrum hasn't been brilliant. They, I haven't seen much. So I was hoping to see guys like Francho and Mohaber, but, you know, they have been strong in the scrum just to anchor that. But I know Trevor's going to do the job. He's going to do his best. So it's going to be a massive one. 12 years ago, the Lions obviously lost to you guys. 2-1 um, the series finished. Do you think that's extra motivation for them? Do you think that will be spoken about in team talks by Warren Gatland, or do you think that's in the past? Definitely, definitely. Are. You know, I think some, I don't know if some of the players have been there in 2009, 
but I think massive. They're going definitely. That's going to be a driving part because you need to understand now with everything in, happening all over the world, everything is amplified. You don't have supporters, and now you need to find other triggers for the players to get them up, to get them motivated. I remember in 2007 before we played uh, England, <laughs> and uh, we had Andre Fenter that came in, and he said, "Guys, remember what the English did to our grandmothers." remember that the war <laughs> right and he got it everyone like left there and we just wanted to smash them <laughs> and kill them i remember the test match i just heard victor matfield say to me gee open up I'm like what do you mean open it's like open up your hips and then boom i just saw this fist come through in the scrum but obviously today with the million cameras is not possible so there's going to be lots this is going to be passion this is going to be pride this is going to be honor this is going to be war <laughs> <laughs> we must mention the return of Sia Khaleesi, such a powerful person and leader in that group. He's going to be crucial, isn't he? Definitely. You know, he's just his presence alone in the team. That means a lot. That reassures everybody, puts everybody at ease. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism saying he's just gotten back from COVID. Maybe it's not the best idea. Even if Sia Khaleesi is not at his best, it doesn't really matter. He will be there to lead. He will bring his team together. And that's the thing with any captain. Sometimes captains get criticized because they might not be in form and other players might be better than them at the moment. But that's not what it's all about. A team needs its leader. What is the job of the captain? Is to bring the best out of his teammates to make the right decisions. And that will just reassure everyone having Sia there as captain. Just not for the team, but also for the people. Who do you think is the biggest influence outside of Sia in that South African squad and who do you think will have the biggest impact in this series? You know, it's tough. I think we had a massive loss with Dwayne Vermeulen. You know, he was there, but our guys like Eben, you know, you'll be right there. And that's the great thing, you know, Sia uh, mentioned before, his leadership style is relying on other players, relying on Andre Pollard, Faf de Klerk, all these guys, Vili LaRue's maybe not vocal, but guys like Faf and Andre, you know, these guys are vocal in the group as well as Eben so, and Steph Detoy. So he's surrounded by great players and uh, guys like Steph, you know, he might not be one that's talking a lot, but he leads by example. You know, solid yes. on defense, he's all over the box. He got different leadership styles in that team. So it's not just one guy. It's one leader surrounded by many. And finally, what are you predicting for tomorrow and as a series as a whole? Are you go, you're, going, you're obviously going for South Africa, I imagine, but did the Lions pull off a shot and win the Series 2-1? So let's be a realistic here, all right? So without being uh, too biased, the Springboks going to win a 2-1. They won't win a 3-0. Okay, so let's just put that down there. It's going to be a tough one. I'll be honest with you. First game, I reckon the Springboks will win it, definitely. Second one, Lions will win it. <laughs> We're going to have a final on our hands, all right? We're going to have, from a rugby supporter's point of view, that's what I'm hoping for. Because I think if we can just have three weeks of, um, you know, this just excitement building up around the game. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be, if you look at what the Lions been doing now lately, I think they have a clear strategy. What struck me actually as well was when then the 22 
massive pick and go because you got a few of the guys from Exeter Chiefs in there. And that's maybe one of the reasons why you got Cowan Dick in there as well. I think they're really trying to expose the box in the 22 when they get there. But the, if I have to predict the score for this game, I would go 25-13 for the box. Great stuff. I really hope you're wrong and, uh, and the Lions come out <laughs> on top. At least we won in this series. Do you want to touch uh, finally on your the podcast you just started, Garth? Yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah, guys. Well, it's uh, my podcast is called Coach G, Transforming Athletes and Purpose-Driven People. You know, I'm all about inspiring people through my social media posts, my lives, all these type of things. And I've been on this amazing platform called Clubhouse. So um, I've discovered the power of one's voice and how important that is and how it, I've inspired a lot of people on there. And, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot of things in my career. At times I was down, disappointed. You know, I wasn't feeling great, maybe even depressed. I don't know. I was never diagnosed or anything like it. It was like tough times, you know, talking about mental health. So the goal of this podcast is to inspire people, not just athletes and rugby players, but everyday people. People need to understand that we all have something special and unique and that we belong in this world and that we all have a purpose, even though at that moment you might feel lost or you might have lost your identity, that there is a way forward. And the guests that I bring onto this, uh, into my podcast, it's about sharing their knowledge and giving people the tools to transform mentally, physically, and emotionally. So I've got former athletes coming in, coaches coming in. I've got people in the business world that's lined up because that's also another passion of mine, helping retired athletes find their identity and give them the tools to start their own business. Because when we want to start something off the rugby, we lost, we don't know, we don't know where to begin. So it's about sharing information and, uh, yeah, sometimes we have some serious topics. Uh, sometimes we're just having a laugh. But um, the goal of the podcast is really just to share valuable information because there's a lot of podcasts out there in the rugby world, but not a lot of podcasts actually giving practical tools to the audience. So that's the goal. Some people have said, oh, guys, you're a bit serious. I said, like, okay, but yeah, we're not here to just have a chat and talk nonsense. We want to help people. We want to help people with our experience and with our knowledge. So, yeah, that's Coach G. I always tell people I've chose my profile picture there. It's my happy face, <laughs> nice and serious. But, yeah, it's been amazing. I've been overwhelmed, great feedback. And uh, I honestly just started to share my message. I did not think I would get that massive response. But you've had players that are in this Lions series um, over the next couple of weeks on that, haven't you? Yeah, there's a few that might be coming on, but also I'm trying to be respectful as well with everything they're going on. So I, I, I take into consideration where I was at, you yeah. know, playing and you don't want to put a play in the position. I've had Mornay Stain in on there before as well. He's been on. I've had Victor Matfield that has come in, but there are a few down the line. So we're just trying to sort the timing out and getting the approval from the, the, the team managers as well. Brilliant, Gertrude. It's been a pleasure to have you on and I'm really looking forward to this series starting tomorrow. No, thanks. And thanks for having me. Loving this podcast. So uh, really looking forward to more of your episodes and where you guys are maybe analyzing why the box have been so physical and destructive and why they dominated the lines. No comment. <laughs> thanks, Gertrude. <laughs> Cheers, brother, man. Get a touch. Boom. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.